How's it going, man? Yeah, everything is good. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, thank you for, you know, offering to speak and chat with me, you know? Uh, it's Ooh, my pleasure. Seen, I was watching some of your, I was watching some of your other videos, and I was like, "Oh shoot, this dude has interviewed a lot of a lot of people." <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Thanks. Uh, firstly, uh, thank you very much for uh, accepting my invitation and accepting to be on my show. Mm-hmm. For sure, man. For sure. So I've gone through your profile. I can see uh, you have done a lot of work in AWS, and I can see you have done a lot of certifications, and uh, you're working in cloud as an engineer, also a DevOps engineer. So I thought to tell about you and the work that you are doing to my audience. Mm-hmm. So can you please introduce yourself? Yeah. So I'm Ifan Yotonye. I am from the beautiful country of Turks and Caicos Islands, which is in the Caribbean. Very small country, but we're known for our sun, sand, and sea. Um, very small country, only about 50,000 people. But um, I am a, I'm a tech professional, a cloud engineer. And uh, one of my passions is just digital, cloud digital transformation and just leveraging automation for, um, for efficiency. Um, I'm also a professional track and field athlete. And I'm on, I'm on the, end, the end of my career. So now transitioning fully into cloud engineering career. So that's great. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a cricket player, a professional cricket player, player represented hey. for my state. Wow, okay, <laughs> athlete, athlete, that's crazy. <laughs> I love it, I love it. <laughs> so I saw your, uh, your photos and uh, your, mm-hmm. your sports uh, photos. Uh, I thought like I'm going to uh, meet uh, not only a tech professional, also a professional like me who is a uh, professional sportsman yeah for sure for sure man um i mean be coming from the professional world of athletics and then professional world of you know tech and stuff there's a there's a lot of similarities in some of the things which allows you to um to prosper and to thrive in these in these two in these two careers you be some people be will will not realize um how much they entwine together you know. So about your technical journey and technical uh, work, what you are presently doing? So, so currently, um, for the past six months, I was actually in a cloud development uh, program, which took you to a six-month, twenty-four-week program of just being exposed to some of the major industry technologies like Linux, you know, Python, um, AWS, Kubernetes. Um, Terraform, Docker, those stuff like that. And um, we just finished that. And for me, I was fortunate to, uh, I was a student in that program, but I'm now transitioning to actually be a coach. So now I will be teaching others who will be joining the program. <laughs> so you already got trained and now you're going to train. Yeah, perfect. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to train. Uh, and you have done AWS certifications. Yes. Yeah, so even before I started the program, I was doing some self-study, self-reading um, and just getting resources by myself, getting exposed to cloud. I didn't know what cloud was, you know, and I ended up getting my uh, the first certification, AWS, the foundation I want, um, certified um, cloud practitioner. And then I got the solutions architect associate 
And then I got the developer and then I joined the program. And then from there, I just got really obsessed with AWS and just started continuing to upskill and just get more certifications and just keep trying to push myself to see, you know, how far I can, I can go. So is this your full-time job, uh, uh, getting trained and uh, uh, now you're going to train people? Yeah, so, well, actually, this one is part-time. So it's usually done for people who, on the program, usually accommodate people who have full-time jobs. So we actually, um, you know, coach during the evening. So as far as the the, um, the full-time jobs, actually, um, I haven't, <laughs> um, I'm still, like, I just got out of the program, so I'm still looking for roles now, like full-time cloud engineering roles. And then this one fell into my lap. So this one is part-time, but um, now I'm inside the job job search of finding a full-time um, cloud engineer role now. But uh, the certifications that you have done is a lot. Actually, I'm like wondering how you are able to uh, do a solutions architect, uh, cloud advocate, and also the foundational mm-hmm. one. Do you have technical background? Yeah, so um, it's crazy because I, I, had a, I have a degree in information systems. But during that time when I was doing the degree, um, I don't even think I was paying that much attention to it because I was I was also being an athlete at the same time representing my school. So I was so focused on being an athlete that those four years I got my degree and then I also went and got my MBA, which is um, a Master of Business Administration. But then after I graduated with my MBA and bachelor's degree, I ended up working in sports as a sports events project manager. So as far as my technical um, abilities that I learned when I was in school, I didn't really get to use it in a professional way and the workforce. Because as soon as I graduated, I went into sports, and just because my country felt like I had a lot of um, international experience in sports and events, and they wanted me to bring that to the country and as an event coordinator, as an event project manager. So I did that for about a year or two years, and then after a while, I felt, man. This is not <laughs> this is not a career for me. Like, cause like I recently got married, and I started thinking of you know the future, long term, like what is gonna be able to provide for my family, what really matters, something that's going to be um, set up my family, like my generation after me. Like I needed something that um, also something I was passionate about. So when I was working in the sports, um, it was something that I loved doing, but it, it wasn't something I liked in administration, the administration part. I didn't have fun doing that, you know. You know, sporting events are every weekend. So um, it's usually Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we had events like every week for the whole year. So imagine you just got married and every weekend you're gone in an event. I couldn't spend time with my wife, couldn't spend time with just like stuff that I love. And it started to drain me a lot. And I realized, you know, I needed more and I wanted more. And I did remember, you know, growing up, I did love tech stuff. You know, I used to fix, you know, people's desktops, mod. Um, PlayStation, PSPs, PlayStation Portable, um, PlayStation 2, just doing a bunch of mods and stuff like that. And that is what I love. That is what um, that drove me. And that's what was my passion, the stuff that I just naturally love. So the past year, I said, okay, I got to get out of this industry, the sports industry. So I decided to make my own plan (laughs) to get into the tech industry. And I started that by because you know, I didn't know what I was doing and no one was really guiding me. I didn't have a mentor. I just knew I had one goal. I need to break into tech. I need to get out of the sports industry. So I decided to, um, I felt like certifications was the best 
structured pathway for me to say, okay, if I pass this, I would have learned enough information to be able to apply it to something. You know, I didn't want to just read books and just continue from there. So I started off learning um, the, the first three CompTIA certifications, which is A plus, Network plus, and Security plus. So I felt like that would give me a foundation of everything tech. You know, everything tech comes from how computer systems are built, how computer network, how computer systems communicate, and how you secure computer systems. So I felt if I did this three, I have a good foundation. So I doing work, I would, you know, because I still was an athlete. So I wake up in the morning, I'll train from like 6 a.m. to about 8:30 and have about 30 minutes to run home, shower, get ready, and be, be at work at nine o'clock. <laughs> Some days I have to come late. I have to come late like 9 20, 9 15. But um after work, I used to come home like five o'clock and from like seven straight to maybe like 12, sometimes one, I'll just be studying, like studying and just working and working and working. Like it was an insane drive in me because I knew what I wanted and I knew where I was was not where I wanted to be. So in like three months, I got, no, it was four months. I got the A plus, the security plus and network plus. And when I posted on social media, people were like, yo, how the heck did you do this in three months? Like people are taking a whole year to pass me like the A plus or security plus. I'm like, I didn't even know how long it's supposed to take. All I knew is that I had a drive and I sought up resources online. Like, okay, this is how you pass it. You use this resource, study this, this video course. And I just did it in four months. And I was like, okay, this is great. Now, where do I go from here? And, but I realized that during that phase of learning and just being exposed to tech and what's the new technology, cloud computing kept on coming up. Is that something that just kept on resurfacing, resurfacing? So I was like, let me take a stab to this. Like, what is this cloud computing thing? Cause to me, I'm just used to servers on premise, like that type of stuff. So when this cloud computing came up, I'm like, okay, this, this seems like something magical. Like, <laughs> like this doesn't make any sense. How does this thing work? <laughs> like how does you know cloud everybody when you ask somebody what is cloud computing they're like oh is it like iCloud I'm like yeah I'm like iCloud that's the best way I can explain it <laughs> but um the cloud computing the the whole thing just the concepts of it just interested me and it was something that was fascinating to me and when I started diving deeper into it it was exciting and then um you know a lot of people say your your passion or your your purpose you find your purpose, but I felt like how computing found me. You know, as I started my journey, I didn't seek out for it. It just popped up because I started. I put my first foot forward. So that's like, that's like great advice. I always tell people, like, if you're trying to find your purpose, you're trying to find what industry you're going to go in, you can just spread your wings wide and just be exposed to many things. And then you end up finding out what you like or what you like might end up finding you. So after that, I said, okay, let me, let me dive into the foundation certification of AWS, which is AWS Certified um, Cloud Practitioner. That's like the foundational one. And when I took that certification, I was blown away. Like, I loved it. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, this is it, you know. And for me, um, personally, AWS has a close place in my heart because when I first got introduced to it, some of the, I don't know how... Um, expose you are or knowledge we are of the different services you know the names of the different services and they were just blew me away like they the names of you know dynamo db lambda ec2 and just like who comes up with these names for services 
And that just blew me around. Like, yo, these people are revolutionizing what's happening. They're innovating. Even their names are cool. <laughs> so I dove deeper into it. And then after the CCP, I realized this is what I want to do. So that's when I went to the solutions architect that I went to the developer. And during that time, I was still in the get certificates, get a job. But then I realized that later on, I realized, you know, getting certifications is not just, it's not going to get you the job, you know, like just having the knowledge and understanding is good and it's great, but you have to be able to show these employers the work you put in via projects or certain things that you've done and you can show either portfolio and your hands-on work that that you've done. So um, after that time, I think I was kind of, I was kind of figuring out what's next because I have these two certifications, which are great, but I can't land a job. I don't know what's next. So that's when I decided to join Level Up in Tech, which this program, I did over 21 different projects and documented every single one on Medium and was able to use um, LinkedIn as a platform to leverage um, what I was doing. I was painting a picture to every single one. Like every single day I learned something in the program, I'll post it, people interact with it, I'll post a project. And next thing I know, hiring managers, people with 10 years experience in engineering started commenting and following me. I'm like, why? These people have so much experience, like why are they so interested in me? And there are a lot of people who are um, like a year behind me started, you know, asking me questions like, hey, how did you do this? Like, I'm trying to follow you. Like, can you mentor me? And that's when I started realizing that a lot of times um, the best person who can mentor you is the person who's just a step ahead of you. Because the stuff that he or she did is relevant in their brains and their minds. So they can tell you exactly what they did. Hey, you're doing this. This is what you do. Because when I did this, it didn't work out. I can direct you and, and, and give you some advice based on what I did. But, you know, someone who has 10 years experience that sometimes can't really relate on what's going on now, they can help you generally. But the person who is, you know, just like ahead of you um, is, is is some of the best best people that you can ask for help. So I started realizing a lot of people started asking me for help. And I felt I don't even have a job yet. I don't even, <laughs> I just started the program. Like, why are you asking me for help? And then I, I started, you know, kind of embracing that role that, you know, a lot of people are looking up to you on LinkedIn because, um, you know, a lot of people think if I learn how to program, I learn how to, how to do hello world, which is like, you know, the first program that you do when you learn program hello world. And people think that's not significant enough to post on LinkedIn. But the thing is that there's someone right behind you who doesn't even know how to type or write any single sentence in hello world. So you wrote Hello World, another person is looking at you like, yo, how did you do that? Like, how did you make Hello World? Like, how did you make your computer spit out Hello World to you? And to them, that's like the greatest thing that's ever happened. To you, you're like, yo, this is simple. So if you look at it like that and on your journey of trying to transition to a different career, trying to break into a different um, industry, like you have to kind of like learn in public, which is... Um, Kind of you, you be vulnerable enough to be able to do that, which is kind of tough for some people, but that has helped me in my journey right now. And and I know like in the next, it's coming soon that I will land a job. And when I do, you know, when I post it on LinkedIn, I know a lot of people is going to be happy. Like yo, I knew what's going to happen sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, so that's me, man. Uh, I can see my mirror image in your story and. Uh, uh... 
your career that you said because uh, when you're selling like waking up in the morning and trying to uh, you know get prepared for the you know uh, running sports and then oh, completed come to school <laughs> then then <laughs> lot of times i used to be so they they used to like you know go home no school today so so so, yeah. so many great that's crazy so you then you definitely understand you definitely understand oh my god some people used to ask me yo how do you do it how are you a professional athlete and working and like finding time to study like do you not have any time in your life i'm like i don't know man as far as sports i love it like this is something i just love and it's been instilled in me and um, i've disciplined myself to do it for so many years it comes like a part of life and then work you know i have to work to make some money and then studying is like i'm studying out of desperation because where i'm working is not where i want to be <laughs> yeah uh, there is so much uh, so many similarities uh, you have done a uh, 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 bachelor's in uh, uh, information like technology related mm-hmm. subject and also you have done masters in uh, you know mba the business side mm-hmm. so i have done the same i have done engineering on computer science and engineering in my ma- uh, in my bachelor's and my masters uh, uh, in software engineering then after combination of that i was trying to like you know balance uh, you know being in that um, schooling and in college Mm -hmm. uh, i was trying to balance my sports career like i was like growing even in that Mm -hmm. side professionally i i was being the captain of the top level teams in my state and i'm responsible for that (laughs) and apart from that you have to maintain your fitness you have to uh you know have that diet and also apart from that you have to learn technology you have to attend the classes and have to clear the subjects so it was a mm-hmm. uh, lot of uh, sports uh, that professional uh, sportsman in me uh, made mm-hmm. me to achieve what i achieved today i can see the same yeah. in you like you know when you are telling like how you are able to track these many aws certifications i have interviewed so many experts Uh, mm-hmm. from aws i never seen any person saying like you said like it's, it's kind of, like you know very small time but i'm wondering but i'm wondering you are still uh, like you know having these many certifications you are not able to get the job i'm like i interviewed european i interviewed uh, you know russian china mm-hmm. japan like more than 100 country people i saw having the certifications lesser certification than you but having great uh, mm-hmm. roles and uh, having great positions but if they yeah. see this video if they see they hear you like you know maybe that sports person in you is making you do uh, and things in the small time maybe people around you are yeah. getting wondered because of uh, that uh, you know that sportsman uh, you know that yeah. mentality or mindset yeah. is uh, making yeah. you do that i i do the same like 100 times a day because habituated <laughs> that mind <laughs> yes <laughs> yes bro yes i i think it's just really how we're wired uh like i can't i don't know it's almost like i can't just sit down and just do one thing now it's like you doing those many things is what makes us tick is what makes us move and this is what that's one of the reasons why i kind of 
was interested in cloud engineering and DevOps. It's just so many different tools and technologies that you can learn. You never really get bored. You know, you always studying. You always have to learn so many different things, and then being able to put everything together is kind of like it's almost kind of like your like the, the the certifications for me almost felt like a competition. Like, okay, beating this test is I won, you know, <laughs> I could do it, you know, uh, this test wasn't able to beat me, you know, I put myself to the test and um, um, just being able to, um, you know, when you do sports, you, you, the internal love for it is trying to see how far you can take your physical body to be able to do something special. And a lot of times you don't even know what that special thing is, but when you when it happens, you're like, yes, I've trained so many years for this to happen, for this championship, for this, for this moment. So like taking that into um, like the professional world, it's like you're always trying to figure out what's next, like um, conquer the next battle, conquer the next project, um, complete something. Like when, especially when you're like troubleshooting, that's like, that's when the, that's when the athlete really comes in me. When I have an issue and I have a problem, I'm like, okay, let's get it. Let's figure this out. This is not going to beat me. I'm going to conquer this. You just start going in, going in, going in. And that stuff is fun to me, man. That stuff like is exhilarating, really. <laughs> so cloud engineer and uh, DevOps engineer. So uh, how much you learned? How much I learned in cloud yeah. engineer? As far yeah, as like... Also de- DevOps. Yeah. So um, as far as cloud engineering goes, and especially DevOps, I think... You know, we focus so much on collaboration, which uh, to me is like one of my big strengths and just trying to advocate for. You know, DevOps is when you bring the developer side and the operation side, you're merging it together to try and um, make um, like software, software delivery for the, the customers, make that quicker, more efficient and delivering it to them quickly you know being able to make updates and doing it very quickly and um i think for me in general and moving forward like that's that's where i thrive that's where i understand because one i realized that my my strengths are collaboration communication and empathy and that's like one of the things that a lot of engineers don't have you know the soft skills of being able to talk to people and, and understand them and, you know, when you're in the middle of the developers and operations, you become that synergy, that person as they know DevOps. You become that person that kind of brings those two worlds together because a lot of operations people don't really understand that, um, developers and how they think and how they want things to be done. But being the person in the middle that you become the, the mediator. And um, that's where I felt like this is where I fit. This is the place that I can thrive. This is the place that I can and and use what who I am naturally to um like in the workforce and that, you know that's why I just love love DevOps and love like cloud competing and in the future like where cloud is going you know from Turks and Caicos Islands in the Caribbean and um over here cloud computing is non-existent like every company here is on-premise and they may have some stuff in the cloud but it's not like they're not using azure so you see like any main public cloud um infrastructure it's just everything is on premise so they're like years behind so when i talk about 
cloud computing, when people hear me talk about it here at Turks and Caicos, they don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Or they do know, but they know that your business is like six to 10 years behind. So if I'm trying to find a job locally here, I can't find them because they're so far behind. I'm like, I they don't, they don't have any cloud, anything for, for them to be able to offer someone like a specialty uh, specialist who is able to understand these technologies. So for me, um, like thinking more globally, more internationally, and, and a lot of people here in Turkey thinkers can't really comprehend that because we're very, we're so small that when you talk about some stuff like that, it's like they can't fathom, they can't really understand because, you know, the world is just, when you're from a small place, the world just seems so much bigger, you know? And me traveling to USA and being there for eight years, you know, schooling and also getting better in athletics, training and stuff, being there for eight years, being exposed to, you know, first world country, um, unlimited opportunities, everything that they have to offer. When I came back home, because right now I'm back home, it's like I've been exposed to so much that being back home is almost too small for me. You understand? It's almost too... Like I'm thinking so big that that <laughs> it's hard for me to to get that same energy, get that same um, feeling from people here because just because one they haven't seen it because you know they're stuck between the small walls of Turks and Caicos, they haven't been exposed to it. They may see it on TV, but they don't understand it. You know, I've seen it first world in person, and that makes a difference. You know, being exposed to it in person makes a difference. So, um, you know, I also. Um, became an AWS community builder this year, which was another insane. Like I got accepted to the AWS um, community builder program. And part of that program is, you know, being able to um, advocate for AWS and cloud computing and just exposing and educating people on based on resources and everything you know um, um, to different, you know, different sets of people, whether um, male, female, from different um, careers, diverse areas of the world. And one of when I got accepted to that program, one of my goals was that I am going to try to sensitize and demystify cloud computing in Turks and Caicos. If I can get just five people to come and understand, like I can teach them cloud computing, just, just five people to get certified in AWS, I feel like that's a huge goal. Just five people. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to relocate if you get a job in another country? Yeah, I'm open to relocation, definitely. Um, I feel like I can do more in the place, in the area, or I have more opportunities in those areas. Turks and Caicos is, I mean, if it's remote, I'd love to stay here too, because, you know, we got beautiful beaches, beautiful sun, you know, it's like vacation here, you know, <laughs> but every once in a while, you know, you do want to be exposed to um, all the opportunities that is that is possible in many different countries around the world. You know, as an athlete, for me, I've been fortunate to travel to over 35 different countries. And I've gone to over six, six out of the seven continents in the world. You know, I've gone to Brazil, Canada, I've gone to China to compete, Africa and like Morocco, South, South Africa, Australia. Like I've gone to all these places to compete. So as far as being exposed to the world, I've done, I've been that, I've done that. And I've, uh, and like 
right now, that's a part of me. I've been exposed to so many different people from different countries, different cultures, different um, creeds that like, I can't just stay in one place now. Like I need to <laughs> visit people, interact with new people. I love meeting strangers here. Like the greatest thing for me is when you meet a stranger and then you find out you have so much more in common than you think you know, like you can meet somebody on the other side of the world and you start talking to them and you're like, oh shoot, like you find something common, like that's the greatest feeling for me because you tend to realize that humans aren't that much different. <laughs> so uh, what level you you uh, participated in sports? Yeah, so I've gone to um, on the highest level is Commonwealth Games. I don't know if you Commonwealth Games, we have World Championships. You have Commonwealth Games, and then you have regional um, championships like Crypto, um, CAC Games, which is Central Central America and the CAC Central America and Caribbean. And then you have um, NACAC, which is not the whole of North America, Central America and Caribbean, like games like. So representing my country at the highest level. The only one I haven't been to was Olympics, but I went to the Olympic trials for UK. I came fourth, so only the top. They chose the top three to represent the country, where I was fourth, which was was kind of tough to not make the team by one spot. But um, the highest and the greatest competitions was World Championships, man. You got and Commonwealth Games. The last one I went to was Commonwealth Games in 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 it was in UK. It was in Birmingham, and we had over eighty thousand people in the stands, man. That's exhilarating man when you because i'm a long jumper right so we do the clap i don't know if you know the clap thing so you get a long jump you get the clap going you got sixty thousand people clapping for you oh you know <laughs> no better feeling bro no better feeling you come down everybody's watching you see that's what that's what drew me to to long jump because when you sprint you have like 100 meters you have 10 people you have eight people in the lane so when you run everybody's focusing on everybody but when in a long jump pit on the runway, it's only you. So when it's your turn, you're the only person there. So you can like interact with the crowd and the crowd gets to see only you perform at that moment. And I love that feeling, bro. And what is the highest award you got? So I've got, um, uh, well, I have the national record for Turks and Caicos, um, national record holder and long jump and some other events, but mainly long jump, I'm a long jumper. And I'm Commonwealth Games, I'm three-time Commonwealth Games finalist. And um, NACAC under-23 champion, NACAC senior bronze medalist. I've won many medals at these international games. And then I've, won, I've gone to a couple pro, pro champ, oh, this mosquito. I've gone to a couple pro, pro um, competitions. Uh, one that was, my biggest one was the one in Brazil when I came third. And won some good money at that competition. <laughs> so really, it's uh, it's amazing that uh, you're being in sports, are uh, playing for top level, like international level uh, uh, sport, and uh, also you are great in technology. So professional, uh, you are pro in both. How yeah, this worked yeah. for you? How how you did this? How, um, I would say, I think it came from when I was in USA, um, when I was in, when I was doing my undergrad degree at information systems, I just always felt like, like 
athletics was my thing. I was going to be the highest paid professional athlete. I'm going to go to Olympics and come first. Like that was where I was looking at where I'm going to go. So that drive was always there in athletics. Um, and then my, my parents are Nigerian. So I'm from African based, um, household. So when it comes to academics, like that was also the number one thing they drilled in our head every single day. Like you got to come top two in class or nothing else. <laughs> so we didn't have like, like no matter how far I drifted off into athletics, like I still had to make sure my academics was, um, was there and I had to make sure that whatever career I chose was going to be something that could take me you know, could help me after athletics was done. Cause you know, you don't know how long you're going to be in the sport, but I made sure to choose a major that I could fall back on, you know, in tech or technology, which is exactly what I did now. Because even though after I graduated, I, I didn't have any tech experience. I went into sports for my, you know, for my job, but that degree is what I was able to kind of just, um, as a foundation to start building off of. You know, a lot of stuff is crazy because you go to school for four years and then if you work in an industry that's not what you went to school for, a lot of stuff you just forget. <laughs> so it's kind of like, what were you doing for four years if you can so easily forget some of that stuff? But then when I started um, my journey to become a college engineer, when I started studying for those certifications, I realized that the stuff that I learned in school didn't necessarily disappear. Like it still was there. And as I was studying, I was like, oh, I remember doing this. I never understood it then, but now I understand it. Like, why didn't I understand it then? This is so easy. <laughs> so it's like you're going through it again, but this time you're actually wanting to do it and you're doing it by yourself and you're doing it with your own methods. You're doing it on your, your, on your terms and it's something that you love. So it, I think it, it just stuck more in my, in my head, you know, and but. I think being able to balance um, all of that was just, it just came with a passion of athletics was something I loved doing. And I was using school and I was using a job to help the resources I got from those to help propel me in athletics and see how far I can get there. Because when I went to school in the United States, I was on a full um, athletic scholarship. So they paid for me to go to school for me to run for the school. And that was, that was insane. Cause back then I didn't even know that was possible. It was like, you're going to pay me to go to your school for free just to run for your, for your university. <laughs> so I did that for four years. And then, um, my master's degree, they also ended up paying for that too. So I could continue to train and use the facilities over there. So it ended up being engraved in me that, um, even though even though track and field wasn't going to be forever, I was going to use the resources from the school, being able to pay for my school and the resources from working to help propel me to where I wanted to go in athletics, how far I wanted to go. You know, a lot of these, these companies, these schools, these whatever, they, I wouldn't say they don't care about you, but they, they're using you for a purpose, right? When I went to school over there, they used me so I could get the school points. I could go to the championship meets. I'm wearing the, the school um, I'm uniform, so I'm representing the school, you know. So when you leave, they're going to get somebody else. So it's like 
they're just getting you to, I don't want to say use you, but they, they're, they're using you and your talents um, during that time. So if you're smart, you use them too, right? <laughs> you, you allow, they're paying for your school. So you use them like, okay, I'm going to let you pay for my school. I'm going to use this to help me to get to where I want to get to also. So it's a mutual benefit. But a lot of people don't really see it like that. They see it like, as like, you know, they become, become, um, they feel like they need to depend on these people, depend on these schools. And then like when these, when these schools kind of like ditch them or like you graduated, like you're done, they don't know what to do now because they felt like they've been, they've been accommodated. They've been shielded by this person or this company who sponsored them. But you understand that while you're in it, you have to kind of think in the future and kind of see how you can, um, leverage the resources that you have now to help you to where you're trying to go. So that's, that's what I did. So how you are able to do uh, completely different certifications in AWS, Solutions Architect, different from advocacy. So how, uh, what thinking way you have or what kind of mindset made you to, uh, you know, understand it and get mm-hmm. it? Yeah, so um, I have a formula which I always tell everyone that I use when it comes to AWS certifications. They have like three of the best instructors in the world right now, which I use them. Um, Stefan Merrick, he has a video course in Udemy, and we have Neil Davis. We also have um, um, video courses and practice exams, and they have a guy named named for Tutorials Dojo, which is John Bonsu. John Bonsu has practice exams for AWS certification. So usually when I'm attempting a certification, I'll use Stefan Merrick, go through his video course, do all the hands-on practice stuff because no matter how much you watch a video and you understand it and you read a theory, like you have to put it put in the work in the AWS console or CLI, and you have to like put in hands-on work because hands-on work gets to make the theory stick in your head because you actually went through the process of like if they ask you in the exam, how do you deploy a multi-AZ um, database? If you've done that, you don't even have to think about the theory. You just remember, oh, I remember doing this. I remember doing this. It's like step one, step two, step three. Like that, that clicks more in your brain than you trying to memorize, <laughs> memorize the video, the theory that you're doing. So I always watch his video course first because he has a lot of hands-on um, work in it. So you just follow him and you do the hands-on stuff. And then I go to Neil Davis's practice exams because Practice exams help to show you um, where you're lacking, the gaps in your knowledge. So if you do a question and you realize you don't know the answer, you get it wrong, they usually have the explanations of of, of the correct answer and the, and the wrong answers at the end of each question. So when you do a question and you read the explanation, it kind of solidifies what you don't know. You know, it... Um, so even some things that you get right, you do a question, you get it right, you read why you got it right. Because sometimes you may think you got the right answer for a different reason. You read it and you and you learn more. Like you get to understand, oh no, this actually does this, but I got it right. But there's a deeper reason why I got it right. And then also knowing why a question, why a multiple choice question is wrong helps you understand uh, even better. So when you go into the exam and you take it, and say you don't know the answer, right? But you're able to eliminate which answer is not correct because you know um, the ones that are not correct. You know, even if you don't know the one that's right, you can you can tell based on the question um, which one is not correct. So that's my formula. You know, I go to the 
I go through the video course and do the hands-on stuff and I do practice questions and I find out um, the ones I got wrong and I understand why I got it wrong through the explanations. And then the number one thing that you can do, another thing that you can do, not number one, another thing you can do, which is even better is do projects, projects. So the, for the Solutions Architect Associate, they have a lot of questions saying, hey, I have an auto scale, EC2 auto scaling group that's fronted by a load balancer. Um, uh, yeah, they, they usually would say something like that. It's fronted by a load balancer. So if you do a project, that you deploy EC2's auto scaling group in a public VC, um, a public subnet, and then you put, you front it with a load balancer. When you do that, when you look in the exam, you're like, oh, I've done this already. And like half of the questions after that, it starts like that. You have an EC2 uh, auto scaling group fronted with a load balancer. Like when I was taking the exam, because I already did it, that first line, when I see EC2, I'll just skip to the next part because I already know what they ask. <laughs> I wouldn't even read it because I already know what they ask. So, like, that is kind of like the art of being able to study for the certifications and um, pass them. Now, when I started going through the program, the Level Up Tech um, program, we are doing a lot of projects on AWS, a lot of projects. So, I realized that the more products we did, when I went to study for the, another certification of AWS, I wasn't learning. It was more of pro I was proving the stuff I really learned, I already know. So I'm taking the exam and it's like, I already know this stuff. So now I don't have to study to know so much. I already know it. So now I'm taking the exam, I'm just proving that I really know it. So that's why like people who are already in the job um, market, people who are already working on this stuff at work, and you have um, on-the-job work experience, it's so much easier to pass these exams because you work on the technologies every single day. So when they ask you what's the steps to do this and this, you're like, yo, I did this at work yesterday. So this is easy. You already know what to do. So trying to, so for those who don't have on-the-job experience, just trying to mimic some of those questions and do it yourself as a project, it makes it so much easier to pass the exam, so much easier. Uh, how ChatGPT is uh, helping uh, in cloud engineering or DevOps engineering? Yeah, ChatGPT is huge, man. I mean, just for me, it's very big on troubleshooting, 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 troubleshooting. I mean, the days of, I mean, you still have to Google, you still have to go on Stack Overflow sometimes, you still have to find more information. But like, if you're working on, say, Terraform and you have an issue, you have a error come up or cloud formation, you can just copy that, put it in chat GPT, like the error, and it, it'll give you like responses based on what might be the, what might be the error, what might be the cause, and you can go to step one, step two, and figure out what the question is. Like, it makes it so much quicker. So, so the troubleshooting phase of you having to take maybe an hour can be limited into like 10 minutes because chat GPT is already screened into the entire internet and give you what's relevant. And you're like, oh shoot, that's easy. That's the answer right there. And you just <laughs> so like you're more efficient, super more efficient, man, when it comes to troubleshooting. Because I feel like as an engineer, troubleshooting takes up most of your time. Like that there takes up a lot of your time. You can build a project, you can think about it, conceptualize it, build it. But once you start testing and there's issues and there's problems, like that, that is where most of your time goes. So yeah, being able to use AI and ChatGPT to help you in the troubleshooting process 
in general is just going to help more even the DevOps because DevOps is all, all about automation and efficiency. So like that becomes even even lightning speed, more efficient, more um, effective. You can get projects done more quicker. You know, you can, I don't advise putting your code into like ChatGPT because of you know, security reasons, but you can, um, you can edit the thing like how you want to or just like snippets and just ask it, hey, you know, different prompts and stuff like that. And just, it, listen, I feel like we're just, we're just touching the surface of what's going to happen in the next, the next five years. Like this stuff is going to be explosive. <laughs> So what projects you have done in DevOps? What kind of yes. projects? So um, we can start from just using Python for automation and using the Boto3 library to interact with AWS services. So you can use Python to say, uh, create a script to spin up EC2s or stop EC2s. Say for an example, um, you're working in, you're working, you're working in a company and you have different EC2s virtual machines that have some in production and some the developers use. Uh, and there may be hundreds of, of virtual machines that spin up that developers use. Now at the end of the day, say at 8 p.m. when the developers go home, you can make the script run automatically to shut down all the development um, virtual machines and then spin them back up in the morning. So that saves money, saves time, is more efficient. Nobody has to has to um, manually do that. So um, that was like a great, a great project that we did. So, and I don't, and also in that project, you, you had production virtual machines up too. So in that project, you had to, so in that Python script, you had to differentiate, um, in the script, only take down the development tags or development tag labeled virtual machines. Cause each virtual machine was labeled production or development. So to go through all the development, uh, all the virtual machines and only stop the development one. So that was, that was a pretty nice, nice part that we did. It incorporated Python, um, event bridge and, and using Lambda for serverless, serverless computing, which was pretty great. So, uh, another one we did was building a three tier architecture. We have the presentation tier, the application tier and the database tier. So you build that with a, in a, uh, in a custom VPC, virtual private network. Um, and then you have the presentation tier, which is, you have virtual machines there that interacts with the internet. So you go on, you go on, um, google.com, you go on amazon.com. That first page you see is the application tier being served from the application tier. And then the, the, no, sorry, it's being served from the presentation tier. The application tier is more the logical, the logical operations where you, you know, do a lot of Python stuff. And then the database tier, which is at the third, um, the third um, bottom tier is interacting with the middle tier to be able to store all the information and that's that in the back end of you know the application. So we built that from scratch on what do we use well, AWS and then we also did it on Terraform. So Terraform was huge. At the end of the program, we used mainly Terraform. And I love that because earlier we we're using CloudFormation and when we got introduced to Terraform, I was like, this is like 10 times better than confirmation. Confirmation is horrible. Confirmation is AWS's um, infrastructure as code service, which is okay, but Terraform is like so much better. So I remember in Terraform, we were able to, you know, spin up a project 
and then create a CI/CD um, uh, pipeline to be able to automate that process using Terraform, Terraform Cloud. I got exposed to a lot of Terraform. And then I wrote, I wrote every project we did, we wrote blogs about it. So I have a Medium um, account. So every project I did is posted there. And when I started posting about Terraform, I started reading out like a lot of people, a lot of organizations, like people from organizations were messaging me and like, hey, like your projects are really good and your technical documentation is really good. Like we would like for you to write for us. I was like, what? Like I just started. Terraform like three weeks ago. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, yeah, like the stuff you're writing is high level. Like you really put in the work. And and I like that about the program because when you write these documentations, you kind of you kind of give your personality who you are. You know, you're not just writing step one, step two of what you did. You kind of put a different flair to it, like your personality in it. And for me, like I wrote a lot of different scenarios and making it easy to understand some fun scenarios, like explaining what Terraform is based off of like a pizza shop or something like that. And when you read it, like it's using real world, real world, like stuff that everybody do or, or, or use to kind of explain these, these concepts. So I think a lot of people appreciated, appreciated that, you know, and do you know how to deploy an application using uh, EKS? Yes, we were able to do that. So we actually used Terraform to to um, deploy on AWS using EKS. Right. Uh, I got, we start, no, well, I didn't get that much exposure to Kubernetes. We did like three weeks of Kubernetes. Boy, Kubernetes is a monster. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, like, oh my gosh, like, I remember our cohort the first week, we were exposed to Kubernetes and, you know, Kubernetes is like the last month of, of the co- of the cohort, the six months. So everybody was finishing projects like the first four days. They would give you the project on a Sunday, you finish it the first four days. When we started doing Kubernetes projects, people were finishing on the last day. Like half of the class didn't even get it done. It was so hard, like, like just understanding Kubernetes in a fundamental part, like that was very tough for us to understand. So it's like, it's hard to build, build up on projects if you don't get the fundamentals of Kubernetes. So that was, I think that's what like held us, held us back. But then Kubernetes is tough in itself for anyone. So <laughs> it's not, it's not that easy, but it's fun though. It's something I definitely want to, go deeper into because as far as the industry of you know DevOps and cloud engineering, Kubernetes is I hate to say it, but Kubernetes is the future, man. <laughs> and uh, have you done uh, migrating an application from one server to another server? Say again? Uh, have you done uh, migrating an application from one server to another server? So we've done being able to migrate um, application from say on-premise to AWS, but we didn't, it wasn't, it didn't have much say refactoring or anything like that. So you just like lift and shift uh, migration. So, cause you know, a lot of applications would, would maybe um, require you to have to like completely change the architecture to be able to deploy it on AWS. So we didn't go that too deep. We just had like, say it's just a regular server and then you just lift it shift it and move it to AWS 
and just getting the grasp of understanding that you know on-premise stuff can be moved to AWS for any reason that you want to back up or you want to you know duplicate something or be able to have fail over to the cloud. So that's great. Uh, I'll share your web links with my audience. People who find our video on YouTube can see uh, your work and can learn from you. Oh yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Thank you. So it lands as a as a professional athlete, as a person who is who represented uh, different levels of uh, sports, also uh, who have achieved uh, different levels of certifications in AWS, and also have done. uh masters in mba and also uh bachelors and also now uh you are uh, becoming a coach you're becoming a trainer now mm-hmm. as uh, a lot of personalities and professionals in you what is the combination of that person what he is saying about my work have you seen any videos of mine on youtube oh yeah i've seen See, I watched about shoot the video. I remember the video I watched with you. Um, oh, what's the one? We interviewed the uh, the guy from AWS. Did he have pink hair? Oh my god, <laughs> that blew me away. I was like, what? <laughs> so I'm I'm trying to understand how do you get these people? Like, well, I know how you message me, but like, how did you, how did you get that dude to interview? <laughs> So it's a network. I created a network, and it is going everywhere on the planet. Oh, that's that's crazy, man. That's crazy. I love it. So how? Uh, what is your observation about uh, my work, about all my videos and my? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I think um, first of all, I think I commend you on what you're doing. You know, um, you're first of all, you have you have a uh, passion on what you do and what you love. You know, and you're seeking out, and you're doing this thing, and you, you know, like I said, when you interview the person from from Amazon, like a lot of people think that's impossible, but you were able to do it, you know, and that doesn't say like any like it, it doesn't mean that you're more special or you're better than anybody else, but you are the one who was daring enough to put yourself out there to be able to ask someone of that stature, hey, do you want to do an interview? And I think you inspire and motivate a lot of people to be able to push to what they love. push to what they're passionate about and nothing is too far nothing is too big for you to accomplish you know if you have a dream no matter how small if you take the first steps you know step 1 step 2 and you just keep going it's like you're the perfect example of that and the uh, the platform that you're building is um you know you're exposing so much to so many people around the world who don't know these things who aren't able to understand um these things or all these people and you bring in um different personalities to people which is extremely valuable you know i don't know what what um career you're trying to go into but i think you being able to interview people and being able to educate and and just be a spokesperson and you really should look into developer developer relations i don't know if that's something you thought of me Yeah, I interviewed uh, experts who are from that role. Yeah, bro. Like, like think about it because these these companies like they want someone who is able to go out there and do daring stuff and to reach out to a community and build a community and expose their um, technologies and what they stand for to to the world, you know. And 
I think you have the personality. I think you have the drive and the passion. And this is what you do. This is what you love. And just be getting paid, dude. <laughs> it's uh, extremely valuable your feedback and your uh, your words about my work because uh, uh, you have represented top level uh, sports uh, as well as uh, you have done top level certifications and in aws like you your observation your words uh, about my work extremely valuable i'll definitely uh, store this words all my life i'll put yeah, this in my laptop <laughs> for sure man yeah man definitely just continue what you're doing man you're you're i can see i can see there's great things gonna gonna happen like if you just continue man when you talk about building a community man like there's endless possibilities and you're you're on the way to do something massive you know just keep I going did, bro i did <laughs> something something different that uh, i i interviewed people who works in nasa <laughs> oh my god <laughs> well you see like it's crazy like i was watching some of your videos man i'm seeing some people I'm like what wait i didn't even this person <laughs> like, so so when you actually need to interview i was like oh shoot i got to get on this i got to get on this man this this guy <laughs> yeah man well kudos to you man i mean even to be able to convince people to talk to you is 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 a big thing you know because a lot of these people are busy a lot of these people have so much things going on like for them to take their time out like you have a a like special art you have a special um thing that you have that you need to reach out to people and and they can come and speak to you so i don't know how you do it but you got me so i'm happy to be here and i'm glad to be part of your part of your thing man for sure so all the people that uh, that are watching this from anywhere on this planet uh, what do you want to say they can be in different professions or they can be in technology in different levels uh, will be hearing you uh, that you have learned in your life that may work for them and that will uh, benefit them in their development or in their growth yeah now for sure so based off of you know my life and what i've learned and to where i am being so diverse and doing so many things i realized that um one you have to you know you have to have a dream if you have a dream i'm sorry if you have a dream or something that you want to do never believe that it's not possible never believe always believe that it is possible and then once you figure out once you believe that it's possible then you set goals to attain that dream you know once you can do that the sky is the limit you know if you never give up if you never give up trust me you'll be surprised what is what you're able to do if you never give up and um there's something that my coach told me is like you have to you have to own your power and you have to um own your power meaning like a lot of times we go through life and we tend to blame you know external things of why this isn't happening why am i not in this situation But then he told me um if you want to be great or you want to make a change in your life you have to make a decision for yourself and you have to do it so you always have to look internally first and say if you want to do this if you want to change your situation if you want to be this look in yourself and then say this is what I'm going to do and then you create a path 
you create a plan of how you're going to achieve it. And then doing that path, let me tell you, is not going to be easy. Because if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. If it's something worth getting, it, it was not going to be easy. So you have to pursue it relentlessly. You have to pursue it almost like a madman, like you're crazy. Like people are going to think you're crazy. And that's okay. Because at the end of the day, when you, when you, when you accomplish it, you're not going to be crazy anymore. Everybody's going to look at you like, how did you do it? <laughs> you know? So, um, that's what I'm saying, man. Just, you have a passion, you have a dream, you go for it no matter what, relentlessly and with, um, great passion and just don't give up. Don't let up. Don't let the outside noise, what other people think, what other people are saying to discourage you. You know the goal and you know what you want and you go for it and with all your might. So even if even one person uh, who is watching and listening to the words that you are saying, if uh, they change and if they grow or if they develop their skills or their mindset uh, and uh, for the positive change in them, you will be the reason for their uh, uh, you know growth and uh, for their happiness and for their smile. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now I'm good. I know, I know. I realized a, a while ago that. Part of my purpose in this world, I think, is to just leave people with with um, joy and and passion. When once they interact with me and leave me, so a lot, you know, this world is there's a lot of struggles and a lot of pain in this world, and a lot of people need hope, you know. And if I can interact with someone, and once they leave, I feel like they have hope to to pursue whatever they want. I think. Um, I've done my job with interacting with that person on that day and I feel like that's, that's part of my purpose. And definitely, you did it. <laughs> and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure uh, this, this, this is a big contribution uh, uh, to the world uh, from you through my platform. Thank you very much yeah. uh, for your valuable time and sharing some of your experiences and answering to some of my questions. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you for having me, man. I love what you're doing. I'm going to continue to you know, root for you and, and continue to watch your videos and, and just see, you know, continue to see where it goes from here. Thank you. I'll put your work on my website as well, on my personal website. People who find out, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, my, uh, who, who visits my website can see the projects that you have done, can see the work that you're doing, can see the contribution that you're doing. Uh, anybody who comes to my site can, can see your work and, uh, in that way I can, uh, help people to learn from you. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate that, man. Can I put this video on my YouTube channel with your permission? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sure, and man. Also, well, I gotta see. <laughs> and also, can I put this audio and video clip on my podcast, website, internet, social media, everywhere with your permission? Yeah, you can drop it anywhere, man. <laughs> Good. So, thank you again uh, for your valuable time and uh, your valuable presence and for your valuable uh, experience that you have shared. For sure. Thanks for having me, man. Take care. All right, bro. Bye.